Breast cancer affects more American women than any other type of cancer. There will be approximately 281,550 new cases of breast cancer in 2021. So it's the most commonly diagnosed cancer among U.S. women. But the overall incidence and mortality rates don't tell the whole story. Absolutely not. Those numbers don't look the same for all populations either at a national level or locally. Leading to a large-scale study to discover reasons for these significant disparities. We're trying to understand why there are some groups of women that have breast cancer or die from it more than others across racial groups. One area we're examining is how racism and residential segregation might contribute to the differences we see. Learn about the Breast Cancer, Race and Place Research Study inside this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Welcome to CTSI Discovery Radio. I'm your host, Brian Belmer. CTSI Discovery Radio is brought to you by the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin. The CTSI is a consortium of researchers, doctors, scientists, and others representing eight institutions, including the Medical College of Wisconsin, Milwaukee School of Engineering, Marquette University, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Children's Wisconsin, Freighter Hospital, Versity Blood Center of Wisconsin, and the Zablocki VA Medical Center. The CTSI works collaboratively across all of our member institutions. Our mission is advancing health through research and discovery. Breast cancer affects women of all races across our country and in our community but not necessarily in equal measure between different races. Based on these disparities, ongoing research is underway to examine the role elements such as race and residential segregation contribute to breast cancer survivorship throughout metropolitan Milwaukee. The study is called Breast Cancer, Race, and Place, and it's the focus of today's show. Dr. Kirsten Beyer is an associate professor in the Institute for Health and Equity, Department of Epidemiology at the Medical College of Wisconsin and principal investigator of the study. Our conversation began with Dr. Beyer providing statistics on the overall breast cancer incidence rate in the U.S. today. For breast cancer incidence, we often talk about the number of new cases per 100,000 people. And so the most recently estimated breast cancer incidence rate is 129.1 cases per 100,000 people. And so it's generally estimated that there will be approximately 281,550 new cases of breast cancer in the United States in 2021. That's a staggering and sobering number. It's the most commonly diagnosed cancer among U.S. women. How does the national rate compare to the breast cancer incidence rate in our community? We can talk about, for example, southeastern Wisconsin. And compared to that 129.1 for the United States, in southeastern Wisconsin, the breast cancer incidence rate is 139.1. And then in Wisconsin, generally, it's about 130. Which means the incidence rate of breast cancer in southeast Wisconsin is higher than the national average and our state's average. 
Has the incidence rate increased in recent years? Dr. Byer says nationally. Generally, the incidence rate has remained relatively stable in recent years. In some places, you'll see changes going up or down in incidence. One concerning trend in Wisconsin is a recent increase in incidence of breast cancer among the black or African-American population. So what's behind this increase, especially in our African-American community? Factors that might explain that. Often with cancer, we're interested in factors such as nutrition and physical activity, exposure to harmful chemicals or other sorts of hazards in the environment. But unfortunately for cancer generally and for breast cancer in specific, often we don't know what some of the reasons are for increases in incidence. What about the overall mortality or death rate in the U.S. today? Again, we are often talking about per 100,000 people. So the breast cancer mortality rate in the United States is about 20.1 deaths per 100,000 people. And so overall, it's estimated that there will be about 43,600 deaths from breast cancer in the United States in 2021. What about in our community? A lot of the breast cancer statistics that we'll get for our local region come from our Wisconsin Tumor Registry. And so according to that registry, some of the most recent data, the breast cancer mortality rate is 18.84 deaths per 100,000 people in southeastern Wisconsin. And in Wisconsin, it's just a bit higher than that at 19.37 deaths per 100,000 people. Somewhat comparable to the national numbers, although the data sources are a little bit different and sometimes the most recent data available nationally is a little different than the local data availability. Have breast cancer mortality rates changed in recent years? Well, the good news is that overall breast cancer mortality rate has been declining nationally. And we do think that some of the reasons for that are better early detection, especially mammography, but maybe more importantly, new and improved treatments. There have been quite a number of new developments in treatment, especially targeted therapies in recent years. And the ability for those treatments to be deployed to multiple populations throughout the country. But looking only at the overall incidence and mortality rates don't tell the whole story about breast cancer. Not in our community, not by a long shot. Absolutely not. While we're seeing hardly a change in incidence rate nationally and we're seeing a decline in mortality nationally, those numbers don't look the same for all populations, either at a national level or locally. Because when you begin breaking down these numbers along racial and ethnic lines, things look dramatically different. Yeah, so there are sizable breast cancer disparities in our community, and there are disparities that have persisted for quite some time. She gives some examples. In Wisconsin, as in the United States, the breast cancer mortality rate among black women is substantially higher than that of non-Hispanic white women. The Hispanic mortality rate is generally relatively low in comparison. But while incidence rates have been somewhat similar over time, the gap between mortality for black and for non-Hispanic white women is really quite substantial with a higher rate among black women. Which is why, in part, Dr. Beyer and her cohorts began a large-scale study of disparities in breast cancer and survivorship rates among African-American and Hispanic women in our community. Our study began a number of years ago, and the breast cancer disparities that we've seen nationally have been around probably since the 80s. It's different geographically. In some places, it's a wider gap than others. Not only does the mortality rate gap vary between states, it varies within our state as well. We actually did a small study to compare the mortality rate ratio, essentially, between black and white women. And we found that the breast cancer disparity in the Milwaukee metro area and in 
Wisconsin was comparable to other places, but especially for the state of Wisconsin, I believe we found it was the third largest gap in the country. So there are certainly geographic variation in where the gap between racial and ethnic groups is bigger and smaller. Leading to interest in exploring the geographic factors contributing to these disparities. If we're able to figure out what's going on in this place where the disparity is very low, maybe we can take some of that knowledge and move it over to places where the disparity is larger to shrink that gap a bit more. We'll learn more about this study in a moment. First, Dr. Beyer further breaks down the breast cancer incidence rates for African-American and Hispanic women nationally. Compared to an overall incidence rate of 129.1 and a rate of 131.8 among non-Hispanic whites, incidence rates are different among non-Hispanic Black and Hispanic women. For non-Hispanic Black women, we see incidence rates of 124.7, and among Hispanic women, 100.3 per 100,000 people. However, in Wisconsin... Generally, in Wisconsin, we are seeing higher incidence rates among Black women than other racial and ethnic groups. There's a study that's called Breast Cancer Statistics 2019, and if you look at the incidence rate from 2012 to 2016, of all of the states listed, Wisconsin has the largest incidence rate of breast cancer among black women at 141.1 per 100,000, quite a bit larger than the rate that they have recorded for non-Hispanic white women, which is 132 per 100,000 people. She also further breaks down the breast cancer mortality rates, revealing more concerning statistics statistics for African-American women. Compared to an overall mortality rate of 20.1 and a rate of 19.6 among non-Hispanic whites, mortality rates are 27.3 among non-Hispanic black and 13.8 among Hispanic women in the U.S. So again, quite a larger mortality rate among black women as compared to non-Hispanic white women. Recognizing these disparities, Dr. Beyer and her cohorts launched a major research study with several aims called Breast Cancer, Race, and Place. There is a large gap in survival after breast cancer diagnosis, particularly between black and non-Hispanic white women. And that gap cannot be explained by individual and tumor characteristics, nor by treatment. We hypothesized that some of this unexplained gap in survival is due to systemic racism, including specifically in the housing sector, because we know that there are pretty significant patterns of racial segregation across U.S. cities, and that some of the reasons for that have to do with the ability to obtain high-quality and stable housing in urban centers for people of color. She shares the study's specific aims. Our study has three specific aims. Our first aim is to construct new measures of contemporary redlining and racial bias in mortgage funding at the neighborhood level. So we are using some publicly available data about mortgages in the United States to see where in U.S. cities are people more likely to be able to get mortgages or less likely, and where in U.S. cities are people of color more likely or less likely to be able to obtain a mortgage. The second aim takes these measures of racial bias in mortgage funding and connects them to a large database of breast cancer diagnosis diagnoses among older women. And so what we've done is connect our measures of redlining and racial bias in mortgage lending to this large database of tumor registry information linked to Medicare claims to see whether these measures of structural racism are linked to survival and then survival disparities across the country. And the third aim is to explore experiences of breast cancer survivors in southeastern Wisconsin, because we really want to understand how women navigate survivorship in a highly segregated city. We'll learn more about this third aim later. Ahead of that, 
Dr. Beyer says this study is team science at its best. The study aims are pretty diverse in terms of the methods that we're using. We do have a study team, including MCW faculty, staff, and trainees, who are working both on the quantitative aims of the study as well as the qualitative aims. In addition, we also have a community advisory board comprised of local experts on housing, on breast cancer, and structural racism, among other topics. And we've worked with that community advisory board and our study team to address all three of the aims and move us closer to our goal of understanding the relationship between structural racism and breast cancer survival disparities. When did this study begin? Where is it today? And when is it expected to be concluded? The study began in the spring of 2017, and we are currently starting year five of the study. We anticipate that we will conclude the study in 2022, or most likely 2023, just to make sure that we can talk to as many people as able for AIM-3 to really understand the experiences of breast cancer survivors in the Milwaukee metro area. Although cancer biology isn't the focus of this study, can a woman's biological race play a role in survivorship from breast cancer? Generally, race can really be best understood as a social rather than a biological construct. There are elements of genetic ancestry that can play a role in women's risk of certain types of cancer, such as triple negative breast cancer, but our study is really focused on the social construction of race and the experiences of those different racial and ethnic groups as they try to navigate cancer survivorship. What's already known about race being an obstacle for African-American and Hispanic women in preventing breast cancer? There are a number of usual suspects. For both African-American or Black women and Hispanic or Latinx women, we might expect, especially for Hispanic women, in terms of language barriers. We've certainly heard that from our participants. Also, access to healthy environments that allow for physical activity, for healthy nutrition, and then preventive health care and health care access is certainly something that we know can be an obstacle to preventing cancer. What about obstacles for experiencing successful treatment of breast cancer? For people of color, there's quite a bit of evidence that despite the best intentions and despite availability of high-quality treatment, not all treatments are given to all people in equal measure. Some things that can play into this include the quality of mammography and to treatment earlier rather than later in the course of the disease. That also goes in terms of screening, so early detection and whether or not early detection is possible given other constraints that are placed on different populations. There's also obstacles for reducing mortality and experiencing better outcomes. African-American women are more likely to be diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer and more likely to be diagnosed earlier. Triple negative breast cancer is a harder disease to survive. For any woman who may be facing difficulties with treatment access, we can see some impacts of that on mortality. But there's also quality of life and quality of survivorship. So whether or not a woman is experiencing stress or other constraints in her life can really impact her ability to survive and thrive, as one might say. Then there's the role of segregation. Racial segregation can be a big player in terms of changing access to care for women, but also shaping their context overall. In racially segregated cities, we often see disparities in terms of healthcare access. In Milwaukee, for example, we have less access to clinics. 
on the north side of Milwaukee, which makes it harder for folks to access treatment ultimately and to get diagnosed earlier. And all of these factors add up to negatively impact African-American and Hispanic women survivorship from breast cancer. There's a long list of things that have been found to disproportionately impact populations of color. What we're really trying to do with this study is to move upstream to what we think might be some of the genesis of all of those different exposures, really influencing a whole stream of things that can ultimately result in poor survivorship. Next, let's learn from another member of this research studies team to discover what's been learned about disparities from breast cancer survivors who shared their experiences. Dr. Stacy Young is an associate professor, Department of Family Medicine, Division of Research, at the Medical College of Wisconsin. Dr. Young begins by noting, while on the one hand, our community is racially diverse. Especially the city of Milwaukee, I would consider to be very racially diverse. We have people of all different racial and ethnic identities. Recent census data shows we're around 38% black, about 35% white, 19% Hispanic or Latino. A real benefit of our community is that we are very racially diverse. On the other hand, the levels of racial and residential segregation in the Milwaukee area are significant. The Milwaukee metropolitan region, in addition to Milwaukee, that includes Washington, Osaki, and Waukesha counties, is very highly segregated. The data shows us this, and the city of Milwaukee, the city itself, is among the most segregated in the United States. Leading to why the breast cancer, race, and place study is so critically important for our community. We're trying to understand why there are some groups of women that have breast cancer or die from it more from others, and specifically why we might see some of these differences amongst women in different racial or ethnic groups and what else might be going on other than family history or biology. We really need to understand, is this about the level of segregation amongst where people live? Dr. Young has extensive expertise in community-based healthcare studies, research-related interviews, focus groups, and other ethnographic fieldwork. Based on her experiences, she shares her interest in the breast cancer race and place study. Everyone should have everything they need to be healthy and thrive. My mission is to reduce breast cancer in Wisconsin. That's what drives me and the work that I do. We learn from those that have faced it directly so their experiences can teach us. That's why a lot of the work that I do includes interviews, focus groups, etc., because those are rich ways of gathering information. The specific aim of the study she's leading research on. We're trying to understand why there are some groups of women that have breast cancer or die from it more than others across racial groups, and we see greater mortality in states such as Wisconsin, and that's troubling. One area we're examining is how racism and residential segregation might contribute to the differences we see. And how she's gathering data for the study. The work that I'm engaged in includes collecting narratives of women and understanding what their experiences have been like before they were diagnosed during the treatment and since that time to allow women to share what their lives have been like and where they were living during the diagnosis and treatment will really help us better understand why we see these differences. Dr. Young gets into more detail, beginning with who specifically is participating. 
participating include women that identify as black or Hispanic and living in the Milwaukee metropolitan region, age 18 and over, and they all have history of breast cancer and have completed treatment. How are participants recruited for the study? We've had the benefit of an existing community advisory board that has helped us think through the number of ways to recruit women, so that includes radio spots, flyers at area libraries, local community events before COVID, and then we've also sent letters to those that have received treatment for breast cancer at Fraydard Hospital. So we really want to cast a very wide net with our recruitment. Are there criteria that could cause someone to be excluded from participation? Those that would not be able to participate would include those that have not yet completed treatment. They certainly could after they have completed their entire course of treatment, but those still actively going through treatment are not eligible. And those that aren't living in the Milwaukee metropolitan region, those individuals also are not eligible to participate. Let's discover how participation in this arm of the study takes place. Dr. Young explains participants are interviewed. Interviews are whatever works for the individual. Before COVID, we were doing these largely in public places that had private settings, like public libraries where we could reserve a private room. Due to COVID, we've had to think about ways that we can continue to interview since we can't gather in public spaces. This is where technology has come into play whenever possible. We're now doing interviews either by phone or by Zoom for those that have the ability to tap into the internet and connect using that video platform where Zoom is not possible or if they're not as comfortable, then we've been doing the interviews by audio phone call and that's actually worked quite nicely for us. What's the format of the interviews? She tells us that they're largely guided by the participant. Every person is asked the same question at the beginning of the interview, and it's a very open-ended question. We typically just ask the woman to share what her life was like before her cancer diagnosis and where she is today. So it really gives the individual room to share as much or as little as she would like. After participants share their experiences, there are some follow-up questions as well. Questions that are about the level of social support she's received, what her health care experiences have been like. Then we ask questions about specific places where they've lived, right up to where they were diagnosed and going through treatment. So the interviews have some structure, but the information that gets shared and the pace is largely guided by the participant herself. Dr. Young says this hybrid approach to the interviews is important because it allows the woman in the interview to share everything that's important to her. I don't go into any interview making any assumptions about what I think I know about her life. I often tell participants, whatever you share is what's important for me to know. So I really like that format and I hope the participants have felt the same. How long does the interview process take? We generally allow up to two hours. Having said that, we can be very flexible. If somebody does not have that much time, we can accommodate that. Are the interviews with the breast cancer survivors recorded or transcribed? It's both. We do ask the participants permission to audio record the interviews. If they are on Zoom, it's still audio recording only. So we do both recording and transcribing, but we do keep strict confidentiality with that information. Once interviews are recorded and transcribed, how is data collected and analyzed for the study? Because it's 
largely narrative. Those of us reviewing the data, we go through a process called coding, which basically means that we're looking for key words or phrases or ways of describing what individuals are talking about, and we identify patterns. Patterns such as... What are we seeing consistently that's coming across for all of these different women? Or are there things that are emerging for some, perhaps, and not others? Which is why... We don't wait till the very end. We're going through the analysis at the same time as we're conducting the interviews. What are some of the patterns tracked so far? Dr. Young shares a few notable ones. Women talking about history of cancer in their families or there wasn't a history of cancer and that was new information for them. Women have talked about living in their neighborhood, about both individual and family stressors, going through cancer diagnosis and treatment. And then they also talk about social support from others or they've been a support to other people. So there are some things that we're seeing across participants, even if they might talk about any of these in slightly different ways, they're all touching on the patterns that we're seeing. But in addition to tracking patterns, she says each women's interview is unique in its own way. Women's life experiences vary quite a bit. That is the beauty of these interviews and these narratives. Even though women are sharing this common diagnosis, the trajectory of their lives varies. Every interview is different. That's a wonderful thing that everybody has a very unique story to tell. She also says the interviews serve as a reminder just how strong these breast cancer survivors are. Women were very verbal about how they spoke up for themselves in healthcare encounters. These were women that knew they could challenge and ask questions. Also, there were women for whom this diagnosis actually ushered in new life experiences that they may not necessarily have thought of before. Ultimately, Dr. Young hopes these interviews enrich our understanding of breast cancer survivorship by sharing the whole story of whole people. These narratives will shed light on how people are whole human beings, not just a diagnosis. Women are daughters, sisters, mothers, grandmothers, aunts, worthy of love and support during and after their treatment. We want to understand breast cancer and that experience, but it's not the entirety of who someone is. And she hopes the breast cancer race and place study is a conduit for improving not just outcomes for one disease. In this case, we're looking at breast cancer specifically, but we could interpret some of these findings for other medical conditions, ushering in changes in healthcare delivery, but it could also include other policy changes that influence where people live, work. So the science of this work really is to be as comprehensive as possible. How many breast cancer survivors have been interviewed so far? We've conducted 36 interviews with black women, 19 with Hispanic women, and with one that identified as biracial or multiracial. So I think we're making some nice progress in the interviews to date. And they're interested in hearing more. Yes, we certainly are accepting new participants into the study, and there's a few ways individuals can find out about the study. We have a website, mcw.edu backslash bcrp. We have a phone number for the study, 414-955-8325. And we also have an email address, bcrp at mcw.edu. We'll post links and info on our CTSI website, along with the podcast of this show. Once the study concludes, what do next steps look like? Dr. Kirsten Beyer. This study is a first step toward understanding the impact of structural racism on breast cancer disparities. 
Our next steps will include work to determine what explains the relationships that we're finding between redlining and survival, as well as identifying intervention projects to really target some of the things that we're hearing from our participants in this study. Because for some, surviving breast cancer is much more than meets the eye. Cancer risk and outcomes are not just about biology and healthcare. They're also about social and economic and environmental factors. So it's important to see a breast cancer diagnosis as being situated in the context of a woman's life. And the most effective cancer care and survivorship support we can offer has to recognize and address that context. And that context for people of color does include structural racism. Structural racism is an upstream determinant of health with many downstream consequences. But both Dr. Young and Dr. Beyer have positive messages of hope for breast cancer survivors, especially those whose survivorship experience has been impacted by their race and place. Breast cancer is very often a very survivable disease. And studies like this one are working toward making sure that opportunities are equitably available for all populations. Everyone's experience matters. Everyone's life matters. That is the case no matter where someone lives or works or plays or has their family. We're thankful for all that women in this study have shared with us and whatever someone's experience is, that matters and it's valued. That's all the time we have for this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Our sincere thanks to today's guests, Dr. Kirsten Beyer and Dr. Stacy Young. I hope you've discovered something by listening to today's show, and I'm doubly hopeful you'll join us again next time. CTSI Discovery Radio airs the third Friday of every month. Make an appointment on your calendar and join us for each episode. On behalf of the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin and all of our affiliate partners and members, I'm Brian Belmer, wishing you happier, healthier days ahead. For more information about research or to listen to the podcast of this or any of our shows on demand, please visit our website at ctsi.mcw.edu. CTSI Discovery Radio is written, produced, and hosted by Brian Belmer in collaboration with WMSE Radio. The CTSI and this program are under the direction of Dr. Reza Shakir.